Welcome to Business and Process, a daily dose kick in the pants resourceful podcast to keep you focused, on point, and crushing the overwhelm in your business. My name is Tim Vreeland, and I'm a business process coach. I owned a brick and mortar business for 10 years, and systems and processes is what kept that business from going bankrupt. I'm now on a mission to help married entrepreneurs with young kids run their business with confidence and clarity so they can show up the best for their family. Listen in as I share down-to-earth tips, hacks, and insights for how to have success in business and life through processes. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Business in Process. And today I am blessed with the opportunity to speak with Nikki Hernandez. She is the author of the book, Empowering Gen Z, Practical Lessons to Take Students from Z to A++. She's a high school Spanish teacher in Central Virginia, and she specializes in assisting others in navigating the dynamic and complex educational landscape through training on communication between Gen X, Y, and Z reading and writing and cultural competency. That was quite a mouthful, but that was a lot of fun to say. I felt like I was doing a flow, like a rap flow or something, but welcome Nikki. I'm so uh, happy to hear your insight and it seems as though you are immersed in this. So, so welcome to, uh, to the episode. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know I gave you a little introduction there, but if you want to introduce yourself and touch on anything else for the listeners before, before we get into it. Absolutely. So I'm a teacher and I decided to focus on generational communication once the pandemic hit, because there was something just kind of missing in the way that I taught. And I felt like I kept hitting certain walls in terms of communication and, and building relationships with my students and stuff like that. And I've seen a lot of teachers sort of struggle with the same things at times. And so when everything shut down, Then that was when I started to focus on generational communication. I had seen and heard some information that kind of uh, set off the the light bulb for me. And at that point, when I studied it for, you know, I'd say probably almost past two years, I've really enhanced the, my, my style of communication and been able to tailor my messages to a broader set of audiences. And I'm able to tailor it to who is actually directly in front of me. And it's been a career changing and life changing experience. And I just kind of want, I I like to just kind of bring the information that I learn as I go to others in case it helps other people too. And, and you said you, you had got into this during the pandemic. So was, was it something that you had always had an interest with, but then you were just really motivated and inspired through the pandemic, or did you kind of get into learning it? And this was completely new to you when, when you started this? That's such a good question. So it was not an original interest of mine. I just didn't have any awareness of this topic. And it was actually a conversation with my mom. There was a lady who had asked me to do a webinar on teaching and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to talk about. And so one day my mom and I were having a casual conversation and she has studied the generations for years and uh, she's Gen X. And so she was starting to tell me about some of these things. And when we had this conversation, the light bulb went off and I said, oh my gosh, I have to like study this for myself. So her and I collaborate a lot on all the content um, because it's so relevant for any field, whether it's education, business, 
you know, personal growth and development. It really doesn't matter. Um, this is the, the underlying foundation of communication, I personally believe, is rooted in the generational differences. Yeah, you know, I, you know, one of the things, one of the biggest motivators of why I wanted to bring you on the the episode or the, the podcast was because, I mean, communication is so important to me, you know, when, when personally, I'm sure like most people, when I, when I'm misunderstood, you know, by, you know, loved ones or friends or, or customers, whatever it is, it's, it's like painful to me because, you know, when you're trying to express your heart and your view and opinion on something, you know, it's like, you understand what you're saying, but it seems as though it's not coming out appropriately or it's not being received as though the same way you're trying to say it. And, you know, the funny thing with the, the, the generations, I think that's different today than it has been in the past is technology because we have generations that grew up with absolutely no technology at all. They were from a war era, which totally was built on a completely different foundation than, than the generations that were, you know, post-war. And then, uh, of course, we talk about, you know, the invention of computers and technology and all this stuff. And it's, it's so interesting to look at just the vast differences. And that's why I think what you're doing is so amazing, because it's funny when you hear different generations talk about each other. It's, 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 there's, there's so much disconnect, you know, in what's going on. And my mother-in-law, you know, when, when my wife and I were looking for a crib for our, our daughter, you know, years ago, we really struggled trying to find one. And, you know, cause there were just so many options with the internet and everything. And we, of course, with our first baby, we wanted to make the right decision. And my mother-in-law was like going nuts. And she was like, you know, when we got your crib, she was talking to my wife. She's like, we just, you know, it only took us a few days. We just walked down to a local store and got one. She's like, why can't you guys just pick one? But she didn't understand that, you know, she grew up in a world that didn't have the internet. She didn't know what was being sold on the East coast or whatever, you know, her only choice was whatever she could walk or drive to, you know, and, and that just, there's so much disconnect, you know, which I just, I mean, some things are not as important as others, you know, but I, I love, I absolutely love what you're doing and that, and that you have that book too. When is that book coming out? Do you have a date or? Yeah, it's actually going to come out this Monday, August 16th. And I'm, I'm really excited. It's going to launch on Amazon. Oh, very cool. No, I, yes. I, I think that's going to be great. It's going to be cool. I think um, I'm, I'm really excited because like I said, you know, during the pandemic, it was like you needed every, everybody in my opinion, you know, was like doing all these really amazing things. They were starting their own businesses and career switching and figuring out what they wanted to do with their lives and stuff like that. And there was just so many messages of, of hope and positivity, at least that I was personally trying to fill my mind with. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to I'm just going to go with this. And I'm going to, originally, I hadn't had any idea that I was even going to write a book. What ended up actually happening was that I was just writing every day and, and doing Facebook lives every day. And then, you know, it, it everything kind of sort of came together. And I said, you know what, I can take all this content, harness it, repurpose it and, and put it together in a way that makes sense specifically for educators, and then just put that out there. And that's kind of how it all came together. So I was really excited to be able to get that done. That's awesome. And, and that's really just the concept of stepping into that uncomfortable action and figuring out in momentum. And then they have, you know, it's what's called finding your voice. You know, it's like the more you probably wrote and the more that you heard yourself talk and the more conversations you had, you just naturally understood yourself better. You know, that's exactly right. Yes, um, that's exactly right. This is a very illuminating and enlightening process. And is there anything that you wanted to kind of touch on as far as, you know, highlight some points in your book or, or, you know, yeah. Is there, is there anything that you wanted to kind of give people a sneak peek into something of what's in there? Yeah, absolutely. So th 
there's one particular, there's actually two particular stories in the book that for whatever reason, I just, I really gravitate to, and I love telling these stories because every time I tell them, no matter what generation I'm talking to, whether it's a boomer, an Xer, or a Zer, or another millennial, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so on point. So the two stories, one was as a teacher, we always have students, you know, every once in a while that come in late to class. And that's, you know, once in a while, that's not a huge deal. But when it becomes a pattern of behavior, I know that for myself, I wasn't really sure how to handle like little things that kept popping up in the classroom like that, like a student would show up late every single day. And it wasn't an egregious amount of time, but it was a few seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute, where every day they were coming in late when the, after the bell rang. So the, I told this in the book was that the year that that happened with that one particular uh, individual, I went up, I went up to him and I was like, Hey, like, why are you late? And so I came into the situation. I just came in hot. You know what I mean? And it was, it was more of an adversarial type conversation. And there was a little bit of a power struggle there. And so the conversation did not go well at all. And so what I learned through, you know, conversations with different people and kind of just breaking this down, because I think that's really the key to generational communication is taking the situation. And I know my generation in particular, we have a hard time doing this, not all of us, but I know for myself and for many others, millennials, we have a hard time sometimes breaking things down into very small parts. We're, we're very global and, and we make things bigger. We're more of an idea person, a big picture type person. So bringing, you know, breaking things down into smaller pieces and really finding out where the disconnect is and where things split off, it's, it, it can be challenging, I know, for a lot of millennials. So in this particular situation, it was exactly like that for me. I didn't understand how to break it down. So in the book, I talked about what I learned from that was that Gen Zers, in some ways, their their behavior and actions don't always follow a typical or a normal path of logic. So that student was coming in late. And for Gen Zers, you know, they were thinking of it. So what? It's 15 seconds. It's 30 seconds. Who cares? It's not a big deal. Right. That was kind of like their mindset. So what I learned that I have to do first is that if a situation like that happens, I usually kind of phase it out into three steps, is I have to first try to play to their heartstrings because Gen Zers see themselves as very sensitive. They see themselves as empathetic, especially to social injustices. And and, and that's how they see themselves. And, And so I said, you know what? I need to play to their sense of empathy first. So that's what I did. Instead of coming in hot, I needed to do that. So I, I... you know, later down the line, I spoke with another student who I had a similar challenge with, you know, like a year or two later, and I tried that out. So I said, well, let me play to their sense of empathy. So I went to the student and I, you know, I said, hey, let's, you know, can we talk about X, Y, Z, you know, being late or whatever the case was. And he said, yes. And I said to him, I said, okay, so here, here's the challenge that I'm having. First, if this were your class and I was coming in late every day, how would you feel? Right. And then, you know, so we talked about that. And he didn't seem like he was receptive, but it wasn't the reaction that I had hoped for. So then I changed my question and I said, okay, let me, let me ask you something different. When you come in late every day and this plays to their sense of like social injustice, right? I said, if you come in late every single day and all the students in this classroom see you coming in late every single day, how do you think that they are perceiving you and the situation? How do you think they're feeling when they see you coming in late every day and everybody's cool with it, but yet they have to be here on time, but you're not showing up on time. And 
the student was like, oh, all of a sudden kind of a light bulb went off. They start looking at you like, like, they, like they've been enlightened and you, you brought something to their attention that they never actually considered before. And so I looked at the student and I said, don't you think that if you were coming in late every day and they saw you doing this, that they're gonna start to feel a bit resentful that you can get away with something that they can't. And then again, you're playing to their heartstrings and their sense of empathy. And so then you can say, is that fair? And they, Gen Zers have a very, they have a very high sensitivity chip when it comes to fairness. So when you frame it like that, then you're going to have a much more positive conversation and a, a conversation that actually results in something um, productive. And so the next step, right? So I was telling, I wrote about this in the book is that let's say that that doesn't really work. Okay. With this particular individual, most yeah. of the time it will, but sometimes there's, there's extreme cases. So the next thing that um, I like to do when I learned how, how to do this was you play to their sense of empathy and their heartstrings. You pull out their heartstrings with their, you know, insens- sensitivities and all that. And then the next step would be to play to their sense of logic and practicality. So Gen Zers, everything for them has to be grounded in something real. Actually, I've mentioned this in the book as well, is that like the top three majors of the first graduating class of Gen Z were science, psychology, and business. Those like three, those three areas, social sciences, all that kind of stuff. Those were like the primary areas. And the fact that the first major was science means that they really want things to be grounded in, in facts and in reality into something that they can grasp and hold on to, something that they can understand. Yeah. So whenever I'm talking to Azir, a lot of times I will actually take the conversation and put it in a more real and put it in more realistic terms. Okay, so I've played to your heartstrings, that didn't work. So now I'm going to put it into a situation where it's more real world based. And I'm going to say, okay, so if, if, are you telling me, I'll say that to the zero, are you telling me that if your boss or employer or college professor or whoever comes to you and says, I need you here at two o'clock, are you telling me that you're not going to do it? You're not going to show up on time? Okay. All right. Well, what is, how is that going to work out in, in, the, in your, in, is that going to work out in your favor if you do that, especially regularly? Obviously not. So when you have that conversation with them and it's based on real world situations, and you can even apply some of your own experiences with them that you've had personally and talk about that with them. And that sort of helps them to connect and and ground what they're doing in reality. And and that is something that they like. Now, the next step after that is Gen Zers are also very pragmatic. So they're, they're pragmatic in the sense that they are going to look at a situation and they're going to try to figure out, okay, is this best for me in the short, what is best for me in the short term? Gen Zers are very in the moment. They're very in the moment. Every decision that they make is based on pretty much how they feel in this exact moment. Anything outside of this particular moment is not relevant to them. It's just the moment that they're in. So in that particular case, then I have to be, you know, if the student is still not complying, then I have to be pragmatic like they are and say, okay, well, if you're not going to come into class on time, then you know, this, is what's, this is what it's going to have to be. I'm going to have to shut the door when the bell rings and you're going to have to go to the office or guidance, but you're not going to be allowed in class because that sets a bad example for everybody else. And we, we cannot have that here. So you play to their heartstrings, then you ground it in reality. And then, you know, if you have to, which hopefully you won't, but in some cases you do, then you have to do, you have to be pragmatic and just say what it is. And, and tell them because because that's the language that they're going to understand at that point if that makes sense. So in that way, 
breaking the situation down, which is tough, you know, for, for me to do. And I know for a lot of millennial students to really break it down into those kinds of steps or um, analysis. That's something that we as millennials really have to get better at because a lot of teachers that are teaching now, they're, they're in their 30s and they're working with Zers and don't quite understand how to navigate uh, complex situations with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate you sharing all that because, I mean, you're essentially meeting them where they're at. And, and it, it's funny, you know, as in, in the beginning when I heard you say how, you know, social injustice is very important to them, right? So it, it's funny though, like, like, if you didn't take the time to understand them, you might think them being late means that they lack value, right? That they lack values of being on time, that they don't have any respect, like whatever uh, label is going to be put on them. Mm-hmm. That is just going to further uh, the divide between generations. And I think that's what happens so often. And what you're doing is, is you're reframing it and you're trying to meet them where they're at and then, and then work back towards a solution you're wanting, you know, but you're essentially kind of in, in, in their, their playing field, you know, you're speaking their language and, you know, so really they have values, but maybe one, they value different things than, than other generations, or, you know, like you said, they might not have understood the impact of their actions, you know? So yes, it's about um, expanding the boundaries, expanding their, expanding their horizons or helping them to see that. And so that, that's really what it's about is like, I've learned that there's not, it's not always a linear path Mm -hmm. to solving issues with, with Zers in particular. And this is, you know, really what I like about them. Once I understood how things kind of worked, I realized that, you know, having these conversations and setting these boundaries is not about a linear path. It's more about having the boundaries and then expanding them and then contracting them as needed. So it's more about expand a little bit, contract, expand a little bit more, contract, but don't expand the boundaries so much or contract the boundaries so much that they they all of a sudden feel like they, they're smothered or they feel like they're overwhelmed and they can't actually do what you need them to do. So it's really about expanding and contracting accordingly and expanding those boundaries and those horizons to let them see exactly what you said, how, how all of this actually connects. And I want to take a brief moment to thank you for your listenership. I could not do this without you. But I want to ask, is there a burning question that you have or something that you're going through in your business and your life that you want answered on this podcast? If so, visit questions.businessprocesspodcast.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Have you found after those conversations with those students, have you found that they're more likely to open up about maybe some personal stuff that's going on, right? Because, you know, the way they're acting out at school oftentimes is a reflection of maybe, you know, what's going on at home or a disconnect or a trigger they have with friends or something. So have you found that they kind of let their guard down and open up after that? A hundred percent, because I would say that the reason why when you, when you have this type of conversation with them and you expand the boundaries and you're willing to listen to them, the first thing is to understand that Zers, you know, as a whole, they do not want to be adversarial. They do not want contentiousness in their relationships with people. They are actually a little bit, I would say a little bit passive when it comes to conflict. They want to avoid it. They do not like conflict at all. So when you come in hot like that, it's, it's not good. It's not good for them. And they're going to shut down and then you're going to, you're going to, their trust is going to break in you. Mm-hmm. Um, they will not, they will not have any trust and they're going to shut down and it's very difficult to earn a Zier's trust back. And then in that case, then they're not going to open up, um, right. like you said, but if you don't come at them with an adversarial type tone 
and you respect them and you, and you get them to think that's really the key to the key to the castle here with Zers is that a lot of, a lot of stuff that they do in school, unfortunately is beneath their level. A lot of it's just repetition, repetition, repetition. And a lot of this is just repetition for them in school. And they've been repeating the same concepts from elementary to middle, middle to high school. And it's the same stuff every day and everything gets kind of stale for them and they and they get very bored of that and they're they they're understimulated they're they're not overwhelmed they're underwhelmed and i think that in some cases they can be overwhelmed like with work and you know the the sheer volume of paperwork and worksheets and things like that that they, that they have to do but the work itself is actually understimulating and underwhelming and that's a problem so what the, the key to the castle is is make them think when you can make them think and give them a variety of perspectives because Gen Zers love diversity. They love variety and they love different ways of looking at the world and viewing the world. They, they love all of that because it's stimulating. So when you have these types of real conversations with them, then you start making them think. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. This is actually another story that was in the book, but there was a, a student who I was working with individually. He was having some challenges and you know, he told me, he said, he said, Nikki, you know, he goes, you're the only person here that I actually respect. And I said, why is that? And he was like, because you actually make me think. And that was, that was his words, not mine. So I think that's really the key is to make them feel something, make them mm -hmm. think and, and make them look at the world differently. So that when you have that conversation with you, it's stimulating. They like that. Well, I mean, when someone, I mean, I, I would argue anyone of any generation, when you're, when you're participating and adding your insight and value, it's very fulfilling. Like you said, a lot of, a lot of critical thinking and, and, and stuff like that can really be good for the mind, you know, because then it adds a purpose behind what they're doing. You know, it's not just for a grade. I mean, that's really at the end of the day, what it is, you know, like if you're running a company, you know, like, like what you're doing, it has to be for more than just money or, or, or grades, right. You know, or accolades, it has to be that you're actually making an impact in what you believe in and what, and what is important to you you know, and then seeing how that impacts other people for the better. I think that's awesome. I mean, all that you're doing and I'm sure it takes a lot of patience though, right? I mean, even though you have this new awareness and this understanding and this knowledge, I mean, I'm sure there's times where they, they can kind of push your buttons and, and trigger you, right? I mean, are there, do you feel like if a conversation isn't going well, you kind of just take space, like you take a step back and maybe try it another day or, or how do you, how do you handle that? So if someone has your book in their hand, you know, once it comes out and they're reading through your strategy, but then it's just not going well, there's a disconnect. Like, do you add some space? You walk away for a day or two. I mean, what, what, what would you do if there's just a lot of resistance for you to do all what's seemingly the right things, but it's still just not being well received? Absolutely. So for me, the way, the way that I look at it is that if you want to be successful with Gen Z, you really need three things. The first thing is clarity. The second thing is honesty. And if you can do that, then you're, then you're good. And then the third thing I would say would be authenticity. And if you can bring those three things every single day, then you're going to have a lot of success with Gen Zers because that's the language. That's the language of their heart. That's what they speak. So what I mean by clarity, and I'll give you an example, is that when I come to my class on the first day of school, I'm a Spanish teacher. So I tell my students, I say, you have one job. Your one job is to understand what I'm saying at all times. 
And then they kind of look at you like a deer in headlights because they're like, oh my gosh, well, what if I don't know enough? What if I don't know enough Spanish to actually understand what you're saying? And then I'll say, then I have one job. Your job is to understand what I'm saying. And my job is to make sure that what I'm saying can be understood. That's, that's how that works. So when you communicate with clarity and synthesis and, and you communicate economically, because Zers don't like all the fluff. They don't, they don't like that. They don't, they don't like a bunch of flowery language and over communication and stuff like that. They really just want you to get to the point. So communicate succinctly, concisely, and you can plan that out. A lot of times when I'm overthinking, I just, I have to remember not to speak emotionally, which is sometimes a challenge. I know a lot of times for millennials, we make decisions based on a lot of emotions, if that makes sense. But if I really want to just synthesize my communication to reach a Gen Zer, it needs to be logical. And most importantly, it needs to be fact-based. If it can be those two things and clear and concise, then you're, you're pretty much, you're, you're pretty good with a Gen Zer because they, they really appreciate that. Now, the next thing is in terms of, of honesty and authenticity, I'll give you another example. And this is not in the book. Maybe I'll, I'll have it for a future book. But in, in one of my classes, it was like the first or second day of school. And we were kind of just still getting to know each other. And the student, he asked me, he says, do you play video games? And I said, no, I, I'm not really into video games. I, I don't play. I did play when I was younger, like Super Nintendo and things like that. But I, I don't really do that anymore. And I said, is that something that you like to do? And he said, yes, I like to play video games. And I asked him a question. I said, oh, well, you know, are you into esports? Or do you have like a sponsor, you know, because I know a lot of people actually are starting to get sponsors for things like that now. And, he, you know, he started to tell me a story about how he almost got a sponsor and all these things that he's into. And I was like, that's really cool. But I wasn't, I, I wasn't being dishonest or fake in the way that I approached video games, if that makes sense, because it's just yeah. not my thing. And so I actually heard a teacher, I was <laughs> walking down the hallway one day and uh, they were having a, like a conversation about some things that they had in common and some things that they don't have in common. And uh, the teacher, like the, the student said that he didn't like X, Y, Z thing, whatever it was. Yeah. And then because the teacher liked it though, he liked that thing, whatever they were talking about, the teacher said, oh, you don't like this thing. I do like this thing. That means we can't relate. That's what, that's what the teacher literally said to the student. I heard oh, that like, wow. as I was just like walking by yeah. and I'm like, that's not empathy. That's right. not real connection, right? right. So Zers, they want, like we talked about before, they want the stimulation. They don't want that adversarial relationship. They want you to be yourself and to be authentic. So if, yeah. if you say, if they say, do you like video games and you don't, you can just say, no, I don't like video games, but I'd love for you to share the things that you're doing. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. That's authentic. And it's, it gives them the variety that they crave because they're, you know, you're looking at the world very differently. They're looking at the world differently. And so are all their classmates. And they, they love that. They love that because it's very stimulating. And it also, I think the other component to all of this, and again, this, this piece is not in the book. I'll have to save it for future, future uh, work. But one of the biggest things with Gen Zers, and um, I don't think that they'll necessarily ever admit this, and that's okay, but Gen Zers are really looking for a guide. They want good guidance and they, they, they crave it and they don't always get it. And so when you show them that you're honest, you're clear and you're true to yourself, meaning that you're not going to be fake and try to relate with them if you don't relate to them, you know, with what they like to do, 
And plus, Gen Zers are always changing. The internet and things like that's always changing. So one thing that they like this week is going to be completely different the next week or the next year. So they don't particularly like it that much when you try when you try so hard yeah. to relate to them. They don't necessarily like that. They just want you to be you. Um, partly because they want that stimulation and they love variety, but also because they want someone who's comfortable in their own skin, who can be a reliable guide, who they can turn to, right. um, who they can trust because Zers don't, they don't trust very easily. And, and it's, it's not easy for them to give their trust to someone or to give their respect to someone. They, they truly believe that respect is not given. They believe that respect is earned. So I kind of approach it in that way. I'm clear. I'm honest. I'm not fake in anything that I do. I'm authentic to who I am. If we agree on something, we agree. If we don't like it, that's, if we don't agree, then that's okay too. That's the, that's the benefit of living in a free society. And we, under, we all understand that. And so I would say that if someone is having trouble with a Gen Zer, I would start with those, I'd probably start with those three areas. And if you address those three areas, I think things would improve very quickly. Yeah. I think, I think we need that you know, that push into authenticity more than ever, you know, and, and, and I would, you know, if you're in a place of vulnerability, they want to know that what you're telling them, um, is, is true that you're not just giving them fluff, you know, in, in your counsel, you know? So I think, I mean, it sounds as though the value that they have is, is amazing, you know, and, and that one teacher, I mean, there's so much that there's to be had, you know, in, in, in common one, you don't want to have everything in common with someone, it kind of life gets boring, right? When you agree on everything, it, it's, it's like you said, it's not stimulating to just agree all day long. It's better to have those, those healthy uh, disagreements and arguments and debates and stuff like that. And it sounds as though that that's what they want, but in a world just so, I mean, with the internet and politics and so much disconnect, you know, it's refreshing to see that the next generation seems to be inspired for, you know, positive change and communication and connection between people. And I don't see how anyone can really argue with that perspective, right? That they just want people to be honest, you know, it's like, what are you going to say to that? You know? So I think that's amazing, you know, to have those values and stuff. So. Absolutely. It's, it's really great because, you know, it, like I said, you know, the, the top three majors are, are the science, our science, and then social sciences like psychology and things like that, and then business. And that tells you a lot about Zers. And that is, you know, with science, they want to understand how the world works. Mm. With social sciences like psychology, they want to understand what makes people tick. And then with business, they want to be financially invested in what they're doing. Because, you know, Zers economically have seen, you know, the struggles of millennials in particular, and they've also seen some struggle, no doubt, of their parents, you know, especially during this pandemic as well. So you're starting to see some, not all of them, but you're starting to see a lot of Zers wanting to work earlier and earlier in their life, like starting at, you know, 13 years old, a lot of times, very young. And um, the reason for that is because they want to start saving money, hmm. right? Because they see that. So it's understanding how all this is interconnected and, and thinking about it and, and realizing that the world is constantly changing and all of this is changing. Like what I say today might not be relevant tomorrow. That kind of thing is, is very humbling. And I, I really enjoy bringing this information to light for people because I'm always adding new stuff every single day. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, I never thought about that or this and, and just kind of bringing it out there. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I think starting the conversation and, and doing what you're doing is amazing. And it's going to get other people of all generations to think more critically and, and how we can better communicate. So Nikki, thank you so much for, for taking the time to uh, just 
give us your knowledge and insight. And, and, and I, I, I look forward to, to sharing this podcast episode, especially because I think this is so important, you know, and I, I, I can't express enough, you know, a gratitude that I have that what you're doing. And I, and I hope that you're able to, you know, find your way and continue to, you know, share your insight and that your voice, you know, be heard. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, I, I don't know if you have that set up or not. I know your book's coming out, but what, what would be a way for them to get in touch with you or to connect with what you're doing? Absolutely. So my website is called www.turningthetideteachables.com. And also I'm active on social media, on TikTok. My um, at is generational coach. And then the same thing on Instagram and Facebook. If you just type in my name, Nikki Hernandez, and that's spelled K-N-I-K-K-I and then Hernandez. Once you just connect with me on there, then, you know, we can, we can always connect and DM me, feel free to shoot me an email, contact me, schedule an appointment, a free call, whatever it is that you'd like to kind of discuss, then we can, we can definitely get together through those platforms and mediums for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time and everyone that's listening as always, I hope this episode met you where you were at and I hope you and your business and whatever you have going on uh, in your life right now, I, I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you so much and take care. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end. Your future self will thank you as you become a better entrepreneur, parent, and spouse. For a list of resources that I use to keep my business out of bankruptcy, as well as a free tool that I created to help you crush the overwhelm in your business, visit businessprocesspodcast.com.